I... Highness, what you have done has made God very unhappy. What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. the Golden Knights? Do you love the Los Angeles Chargers? Well then my friends, you're in the right place. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with your host, Jake the Snake Silver. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time again as we are here live on a Monday night. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show with yours truly, Jake the Snake Silva here live with you. We're all over the place. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. That's where you can find all of my social media platforms. And, of course, if you guys are looking to like, subscribe, and hit the bell button for all latest notifications, definitely hit the link in the bio as well. There's so much to talk about here after just a fun-filled weekend. Uh, I've been very, you know, I'm very excited for this one. And because, of course, we're in the second, we were already past the second week in preseason. And it, it like, it looked good. It honestly looked really good. Um, there were still a couple of questions, in my opinion, that pointed out to me, but I thought it was great. Um, fun-filled weekend. I attended Super Slam, uh, Summer Slam in uh, Allegiant Stadium, and man, was that a packed house for 51,000 people. And it was absolutely a lot of fun. I could not, like, I was very much, I was super entertained, and it was, it was just a lot of fun. I was like, we had uh, myself and, of course, our very own Gangrene David here from the network. So we got you guys live coverage and footage of SummerSlam 2021 in Allegiant Stadium. And it was an awful lot of fun. I'll talk about that here later up on the show. But there's a few things I want to get into. So let me just start off with this because, of course, preseason, it never ceases to fail because a lot of people, we always do this. We always evaluate a lot of players' potential. That's what preseason's really all about, right? We evaluate seeing if they've got what it takes to take first-team snaps and a lot more than that. And over time, there's, there's even players that I can point out that say he's ready or he's not ready, whatever the case may be. But let me just tell you something about what I see with Chicago. 
Because the Bears right now, this is probably the first time in a long time that they've ever felt hope. And you know what? It is an exciting feeling. Do not kid yourselves. But this is the reason why that I said in the past, Chicago needs to take it easy on Justin Fields. I'm not saying easy in that aspect. But what I'm saying is, is pump the brakes before you kind of screw up this whole process. Everybody was basically looking at, well, there's our reality with Justin Fields. Stop throwing this, like stop throwing this Debbie Downer thing all over the all over the media. Doesn't help your cause. As I've said before, that Justin Fields is the future of this franchise. But remember, like all quarterbacks in this league, they all need a direction. And so his direction is leading right behind Andy Dalton, which is reasonable. And here's the thing. Andy Dalton's only going to give you as much as he possibly can before it's past the torch to the next one. It always works with all these quarterbacks. And we feel for guys like Alex Smith, um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, even um, you know, even Andy Dalton and Tyrod Taylor, and there's so many of them on this list. They've all been through this process. But Chicago has a bright future with them at one position they've never got right, and that was quarterback. So they finally feel hope. They're excited. But remember, these are the challenges Justin Fields is going to come across. And we know how people felt because of the fact that Buffalo, Buffalo's got Mitch Trubisky now. And Trubisky looked fantastic. But mind you this, he'll be nodded as one of the best backups in the league. Give or take. Sean McDermott's working this thing really well. He's got a rock star quarterback with Josh Allen. So Trubisky's got direction. And it seems like Buffalo has some insurance. They've got coverage. So if anything was to happen, Trubisky can fit right on it. I know a lot of people have criticisms about Mitch Trubisky. And listen, I've put in my two cents for it. But I do think he's serviceable. And I do think that with that type of direction Buffalo has, they got much needed insurance. And they'll be just fine. Chicago, at this point, you're building your future. This is why that I say that Justin Fields give it week five, week six. Any type of performance you get out of Andy Dalton, Justin Fields is going on the field. Bottom line. Because everybody, everybody kind of got carried away of the fact that last year there was no OTAs. There was no preseason at all. We've only had camps here and there, but we were still dealing with COVID times. But then Joe Burrows happened and Justin Herbert's happened. And then, you know, even look at the situation with Miami. Ryan Tannehill or Ryan Fitzpatrick, in my opinion, they bounced him around left and right. Now there's question marks on Tua. And Tua now seems to be the clear front running starter for the Dolphins. While Fitzpatrick is rocking in Washington with the football team. So that's kind of your open-based reality. Tyrod Taylor had an incident after week one that apparently doctors ended up puncturing his lung because of some health concerns that he was trying to treat. Then in comes Justin Herbert, and Herbert becomes a rock star. And Tyrod Taylor is back in this, he's back in this position again, and now here he is in Houston, where Houston's got a lot of question marks about Deshaun Watson. And then there's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, who was a starter in Cincinnati, and then the offensive line was not the same. A.J. Green can't stay on the field. The defense gave up too many yards and points. And the offense really just could not produce. So that's where they went to their future in Joe Burrow as a number one overall pick. And Dalton signs a one-year contract with Dallas. Here he is in Chicago with his old offensive coordinator, and let's see what happens from here. But this is always an evaluation period in the preseason. Because we knew Justin Fields was like all five of these quarterbacks taken in the first round. I said this before in, in the previous shows. 
only one of them is going to feel the most pressure. And to be honest, I feel like Zach Wilson and playing against the Packers, he kind of feels confident, but I still have my thoughts about him because of the division he's in and the defenses he has to face twice a year. And you look at that whole schedule. I felt like after what I'd seen with Zach Wilson, I might see this be a 6-7 win Jets team. I truly do. The defense, I think, is going to give you the best of your two cents, especially the defensive front line, and then Marcus May in the secondaries. But after everything, it is a new head coaching system. It's a new quarterback. They got a lot to work with. Okay, Mac Jones, he's got comfortability because he has Bill Belichick. He's got New England. So he has a whole structure in place. They don't need him to do, do this over-the-top stuff. They don't need him to. So in the end, Mac Jones, I think, is going to have a comfortable career in New England. Trey Lance, raw, talented quarterback, has a hell of an arm in San Francisco. And you know what's funny? Right now, we're kind of witnessing a little bit of something with Jimmy Garoppolo. So there are questions in the air. Who is really going to truly be the starter? I still kept saying that he has raw talent, not ready yet. But let's see what happens with Jimmy G, if he stays healthy or not, or if he even is consistent. And then there's Trevor Lawrence. Because there is going to be no other quarterback compared to him. He's got Urban Meyer as a new head coach in this league, and he's well-respected in Florida. So Justin Fields has Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears organization. The whole point of this is, I think Justin Fields will be a rock star eventually in this league. But to do this right, don't just throw him out in the middle of the battlefield with nothing to show for. Because then you're not going to build your future that way. And that's where Chicago really has to pump the brakes with this. This is why that I've said that there is a reason you evaluate. There's a reason that you coach and you prepare all of your best players. Andy Dalton will be the starter. There's no doubt, but he doesn't mean he'll be the starter for long. Week five, week six is my guarantee with Chicago until Justin Fields is ready. But this is why you have preseason in the first place. And there still was some really good throws out of Justin Fields. But over and all, you had a Buffalo defense that's just, they're just looking to annihilate everyone in their path. They want to be the tough team in the AFC. So Chicago gets a break. So before you end up coming up with this, you know, um, you know, this whole criticism of just of Justin Fields, stop stop yourselves right now. There's no need for it. And it's really not exactly the time and place even to do so. All right. So um, one of our colleagues, uh, you know, on our network, as you all know, who's always in the ghoulie zone, Malcolm Bean, a.k.a. Malgooli. And I, in my entire life, never, ever had been a diehard wrestling fan. I was familiar with it because... And the era I grew up in was right around the Attitude Era. And I'm sure a lot of wrestling fans know the era I'm talking about. My all-time favorite has definitely been um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. But there were so many others, legendary ones. Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, and The Undertaker, John Cena. Triple H, Chris Jericho, Big Show. There were so many different wrestlers. I wasn't really big into it. I just knew of it. But I'll tell you this. This weekend at SummerSlam was a hell of a show. And I know a lot of people don't think too highly of it. But being in Allegiant Stadium... And listen, not a Raider fan. People know me personally about that. I've always been a diehard Charger fan since the day I was born. 
or since seven years old. So me, I could admire the fact that the whole inside of this stadium, gorgeous, beautiful, and it actually worked out really well. The stage was set. You had the ring right there. All of the seats all kind of spaced around. Everybody also, they all enforced the mask mandate. There were a lot of them that did. And this is 51,000 people in a stadium. You could only imagine when it's sold out. It's going to sell a crowd by the time that the Raiders are ready to roll. But I thought Saturday night was a fun night. You had a lot of different matches that were going on. I mean, Baron Corbin and Big E. And then you had the tag team with Matt Riddle and Randy Orton. But I thought that one of my favorite matches of that night was Edge and and Seth, and Seth Rollins. I mean, honestly. Like, I, I was never big into wrestling. But after that moment on Saturday night, I'm not saying it's like completely changed over, but it's got me interested. It really has got me interested into the whole thing. It's one thing that you watch it on television. It's almost like you watch a Saturday, you know, a Saturday morning cartoon show. You know, you, you have your like, this was my thing. I was always born and raised as someone who watched Saturday morning, Saturday night cartoon shows. Like to me, I'm a big time anime person. Like, I watched I I watched a lot of like Bleach, Naruto, a lot of a lot of these other shows at Saturday nights. Like I got excited for it. And Saturday night I thought was great because 51,000 people inside Allegiant Stadium. And yeah, it was the best match of the night. I can agree. Um it followed up later on with Roman Reigns and John Cena. Now, of course, Cena's kind of already passed the time, but is still a Hall of Famer. And then there's Brock Lesnar who comes out once Roman Reigns wins the match. And a lot of people are kind of questioning, thinking, is this going to be now the next potential matchup? Brock Lesnar against Rock, uh, Roman Reigns. Could be. But Seth Rollins and Edge, and listen, I've blasted Edge's intro several times. And I was hooked. Like, you couldn't have asked for an intro like that where it hyped you up. I know how people feel about WWE and wrestling in general. But this is entertainment to the max. That's what it's meant to be. Now, I know they always have NXT, AEW, um, Friday Night SmackDown, Monday Night Raw. They have a lot of them. But Saturday night was Fun filled. It was jam packed. First ever wrestling match I've ever uh, wrestling event I've ever been to in my life, and I can honestly say that that's one for the books. Cross it off my bucket list. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was entertaining. Um, the unfortunate part was was obviously things that happened inside Allegiant Stadium electronically, but you still couldn't have asked for a better night. I thought it was great. People, the, the the people were very courteous of each other, and at the same time, you had a great couple of matches that really set the tone of the night. And next year, you've got Money in the Bank in July, so let's see how this all pans out. I think eventually, you're gonna see, yeah, you're gonna see WrestleMania be there, yeah, and 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 Allegiant Stadium. I thought this was the first thing they had to do. So I thought this was a really fun event. I thought it was great. And honestly, a lot of the matchups because, you know, my favorite one, definitely Seth Rollins and Edge. But my one that like really kind of I, I low balled was definitely Goldberg and Bobby Lashley because it was like Goldberg's already passed his prime. And Bobby Lashley, I and this actually just got word that apparently... um and I just saw this up in up into the group chat. 
but Bobby Lashley would be facing Damian Priest. I thought it would. I think that I, I, you know what? I, I'm not. I can't be mad at that kind of match. Damian Priest against Bobby Lashley. I feel like that may be a really good showing, a better showing than I think Goldberg ever put up. And Damian Priest won his match that same night, and then all the way through it, you had Charlotte Flair, you had Alexa Bliss, you had a lot of these, a lot of these other really good wrestlers as well, Drew McIntyre. So, all in all, it was a great night. Great night, fun-filled. Everybody had a lot of fun. And I thought it was great to kind of see the wrestling atmosphere in Las Vegas and in Allegiant Stadium. Now that only just determines, you now have money in the bank next year. Now let's see if we can get ourselves a WrestleMania gig um, here in Allegiant. Coming up next, um, there's so much that I could definitely talk about in the NFL world, but um, we've had a lot of things kind of happen all throughout history. Miguel Cabrera uh, hitting his 500th career home run um, after spending years in Florida and in Detroit. And he's definitely a Hall of Famer, triple crown winner at one point, World Series champion at a young age in Florida. Uh, there there was a lot you can love about Miguel Cabrera. And um, not to mention as well, I do think and I've said this several times because the angels are just lingering on with Mike Trout. They're lingering on. They don't know what they want to do. And I will tell you this. There are a few things I'm going to break down about the angels. And I know people kind of get tired of me having to talk to them, but it's always a, a, a constant reminder. So um, but I'll definitely be talking about the Angels um, here after the break. And I'm also going to be talking a whole lot more on what's to, on what's to come here uh, in the coming days. Um, so first and foremost, for all of our fantasy sport geeks out there, uh, coast to coast, far and wide, all of our uh, contestants, you guys love fantasy sports and you guys love cold, hard cash, whatever it may be. Your usual fantasy sports, esports, and now, of course, they're now starting to kind of get in a little bit more into wrestling and golf. So we're starting to actually get more of those buy-ins. But if you want a place that really has everything covered and has all the best pool plays for you to win cold hard cash, go to thrivefantasy.com. And when you do sign up for your first time and deposit 20 bucks, use promo code SS Network and Thrive Fantasy promises they'll they'll match it to 50 bucks into your first play. And in the NFL in week one, there's pool plays that you could be winning up to 100 grand in week one. It's a lot of fun. You don't want to end up missing out on getting yourself signed up. Go to thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network. That's thrivefantasy.com, promo code SS Network.
What's up, fantasy champions? Spotlight Sports Network is excited to tell you about an amazing deal from Thrive Fantasy, your place for daily fantasy sports and esports. Right now, with promo code SS Network, Thrive Fantasy will match up to $50 of your first deposit. So go to ThriveFantasy.com and sign up now with promo code SS Network. That's ThriveFantasy.com, promo code SS Network. Oh, man. You guys could definitely get yourselves geared up for some great merchandises for all of our diehard fans out there. Spotlight Sports Network, Snake Sports Talk Show, all the way around. Get yourselves geared up. And also, there are plenty of other shows as well. And by the way, we do have something going on as well on the Spotlight Sports Network as we got the Astros playing the Kansas City Royals right now and welcoming on our very own Coach Dante. Uh, just welcomed on um, one of our other good colleagues in the Houston area, loves the Astros, loves the Texans, Eagles, and of course, um, the Houston Rockets. And so excited to have him aboard and we can't wait to do m- uh, more and more work. Love to have him up on the show at some point soon. Talk a little bit about Texans, Rockets, and so much more. So um, so this was the other situation that I had uh, in the NFL now that it's finally come to mind. So again, the valuations in the preseason have always been important. They always have been. And there's one team in particular, um, and Marco Polo asks here real quick, do you think the Yankees can make it to the World Series? You know what? I really do think they might have a chance because of all the trades that they've made, not to mention some of the injuries that they suffered, and hopefully some of these aces will come back in the rotation. But Anthony Rizzo... Joey Gallo and everybody back healthy. This kind of fixing to be a Yankees Dodgers world series. That's what I've initially had said uh, a while back. I feel like we're going to end up getting a world series like that. So only time will tell, but the quarterback scenario with the Colts, because we've already said several times that the Colts will be fine. And the f- week one proved to you they have plenty of options. Why would they need to go and get a different quarterback? Isn't that the reason you traded for Carson Wentz in the first place? So Carson Wentz is going to be out for quite some time. They anticipate for five weeks um, of the season. So he'll probably be back by week six. But here's the deal. You have a former quarterback as a head coach in Frank Reich, he readjusted a lot of different quarterbacks over the years. Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, um, Jacoby Brissett, and then eventually Phil came into Indianapolis. He's had his fair shares. And the Colts right now in a division that you kind of already see is lopsided. The Colts are going to win it. They're going to win the division one way or another with their defenses right now trying to stay healthy. Darius Leonard, Quiddy Pay, Bobby Okariki, and many, many others. So the only thing that I watched was I watched and evaluated the two quarterbacks they had, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. Jacob Eason. Yeah. <laughs> Let's let, let's think about Jacob Eason for a second. And the scouting reports that was said originally with him is he had a hell of an arm, but was not really accurate enough to make precise throws. Those were the scouting reports. And this is a kid out of Washington. Same thing. Raw talent. Guy that really can throw deep downfield. Um, and I, th- I truly think that he's got some upside potential. I am watching week one and some of his throws looked much better. You have to think about it. This is also a quarterback who sat for over a year and had time to work on his mechanics. And after what I watched in week one, I wouldn't mind starting him at least for the time being, he's not going to be the everyday quarterback. He's going to be the serviceable one until Carson comes back healthy. And what about Sam Ellinger? 
Well, Ellinger made at least a couple of real decent throws himself, but there are still some question marks all around. My thing about this is, why would you waste your time going and getting another quarterback? Jim, like rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo, you really want to end up dealing with that type of contract and with his injury-prone uh, self? Or Nick Foles. Nick Foles is more of just a lightning-in-the-bottle type of quarterback. Or there were reports that Phillip Rivers may consider coming back if unless the Colts desperately need him. Why? After what I watched in week one, why would you want to take that risk again? The Colts, after Andrew Luck retired, has been chasing different quarterbacks to get themselves back on the same page. They fixed their offensive line. They got better weapons. They have a defense that can be shut down. And the only problem now is having a quarterback, at least a really talented one. They felt like they had a shot with Phillip Rivers, but we knew how, where Phillip stood in his career, not for very long. Jacoby Brissett, nice kid, wins you games, but does not win you the big games. In this scenario, because they have Carson Wentz at the price that they gave, that they got for him, only going to be out for five weeks of the season and may come back at week six. At that particular time, why not start Jacob Eason? The kid's got an arm. The kid looked like he had an impressive role in the last, you know, in the last couple snaps before Sam Ellinger came in. I thought it was fantastic. He had accurate throws. He he threw it right to the guy's chests. Like all you need is a serviceable quarterback that can do the job. Why risk getting an injury-prone quarterback who's been in this league long enough? It doesn't make any sense. And the Colts would never be in a position where they would be struggling. They wouldn't be. Defense is strong. Offensive line is going to come back healthy. And then you also have a lot of the offensive weapons with Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Ainz, Michael Pittman Jr. There is no need to end up rushing and risking this. I can guarantee you this. The Colts in five weeks with Carson out and having Jacob Eason there, as long as he does his job, they can end up in two different records in five weeks. Three and two or two and three. That's my honest opinion. You look at the schedule for the Colts in those five weeks, you better be very sure that they go at least three and two. It'll be tough to even be four and one. But Chris Ballard is smart enough that he puts this all together. And Frank Reich being a former quarterback, Jacob Easton sitting for a year under Phillip Rivers. I'm not saying this is more of a passing the torch type. Let's just see what he can do for five weeks. I mean, we watched what Teddy Bridgewater did when Drew Brees was hurt. It was the same similar boat. So I am not mad. I, I do not mind this idea whatsoever. I think that the Colts will still be just fine. But in five weeks without Carson Wentz, it's two and three or three and two. That's just understandable and reasonable to me. Time now for the hot press. All right. So looks like uh, Axis has been cut, like has been thrown into the mix. Uh, the San Diego, the San Diego Padres have decided to part ways with Larry Rothschild, uh, the pitching coach for the team, and they have stumbled their way into a hole just until getting to the postseason. And they're trying to get themselves back into position where they can end up punching it in and um, and getting themselves into at least a postseason spot. And so Larry Rothschild was very well respected around in the league. But after seeing this in this Padres rotation that recently lost Darvish and Paddock, 
It's combined for 5.63 ERA this month, the fourth highest in the National League. And the Padres starters rank 10th in the NL in ERA and 15th in innings per start. So a lot of this is questions of, do you even trust this rotation outside of Darvish and Mike Paddock? Now you do have Ian Snell or Blake Snell, but even outside of all of that, there's you got to give me arms. This is why that I have said multiple times, you could have the most expensive infield in baseball, but if you don't have enough arms in your rotation, that's actually going to give you quality innings. You're kind of screwed. So the Padres need to figure this thing out because a lot right now is up on, on the line. Um, and it's going to be interesting for the next, you know, for the next couple of couple of weeks, but you're hoping that they get back into the high house, the high horse one way or the other. So uh, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell was discussing about the Buffalo bills future in Buffalo and mentioned quote unquote, I think a new stadium is what's needed. So Jim Kelly's celebrity uh, golf tournament on Monday. Um, said that he wants to the league wants to keep the bills in buffalo but in a new stadium and in quotes and everything you've got to think long term here this has been going on for decades and it's time a new, uh to get a new stadium done that we can make sure the bills are here and successful for many many decades going for uh forward we're focused on keeping the bills in buffalo in a new stadium in a public private partnership that's what this is all about, and that's where we're focusing. Bill's, uh, Bill's owner, Kim and Terry uh, Pigula, submitted a proposal for a $1.4 billion stadium across the, uh, across the street from the team's current stadium in Orchard Park, which has a 10-year lease that will be ending in 2023. Uh, uh, Pigula Sports and Entertainment spokesperson, uh, spokesperson Jim Wilkerson said the team is waiting to move forward with its plans for the stadium until a deal with Erie County is reached and that the city of Buffalo and the state are going to have to decide if they want a team. So first of all, why would you even want to move the Buffalo bills in the first place? Like Buffalo has been around for years. So what's the point of even moving them? It would not be a similar story when it comes to the chargers or a bunch of other teams like the Raiders and like this has been a tradition for long, long years. And Buffalo has had their fair shares where they've made it to Super Bowls have yet to even win one. Uh, Jim Kelly leaving a legacy there. Andre Reed, Thurman Thomas, a lot of these other really good players and Buffalo. You have to admit, I don't really see them having no future in Buffalo anymore. I don't. I think they're still going to keep their future intact. But it's only a matter of time to getting a new stadium, which is understandable because think about it. The Raiders tried to get a new stadium with Oakland, but couldn't come to a deal, and they moved to Las Vegas. Chargers tried to get a deal to stay up in San Diego, but then eventually couldn't get a deal done. They moved to Los Angeles, and now they're sharing the field with the Rams. So Buffalo's case is an interesting one. But you can only hope and cross your fingers that Buffalo will have a new stadium at some point soon because this is a very talented team with Josh Allen. And Sean McDermott and Brian Dable have done a great job manning this organization, manning their players. And, you know, for the Pagula family, like this is... Again, it's only going to take a matter of time, but I do see at some point in the near future, Buffalo is going to win a Super Bowl at some point. The talent they have is like, you can't compete with that. You can't. So, um, so of course, the Vikings ended up signing back Everson Griffin, um, and he said that he regrets leaving to sign elsewhere. Uh, Everson Griffin uh, was actually signed a contract with the Dallas Cowboys, but did not end up producing a whole lot of numbers. And the 33-year-old comes back and who was selected by Minnesota in the fourth round in the 2010 draft, spent a decade with the four, with the Vikings, 
uh, putting up a grand total of 75, 74 and a half sacks, which ranks seventh in franchise history and was also named a pro bowler in, uh, four times in Minnesota. So I think Everson Griffin, honestly, I think he, he'll be just fine in Minnesota. And that's probably the reasons that he never wanted to leave in the first place. So it's understandable. So Vikings get back their star pass rusher. And we'll see exactly how the rest of the defense really forms up with him on the interior sides. I think it'll be just fine. I think they'll be competitive and hopefully speed the process up with their defense. So that was your hot press. Coming up next, um, there was an interesting topic that I do want to end up getting into. Um, and somewhere in the hockey world. Now, it's been really sad in the hockey world of the last couple of days. Uh, we've had a lot of different passings from people, from a lot of players and former players. And it's been a very emotional time indeed. And I do hope and pray for all of the families out there and hoping, you know, for peace and comfort and hoping that, you know, hoping that we get past all of this. And it's, um, you know, like I said, sad, absolutely sad, but lots and lots of great memories. And also, um, dearest to our hearts, it's Kobe Bryant's birthday today, 823, 1978. Kobe Bryant was officially born and, you know, in his forties gone too, gone too soon, gone too young, but we always, always cherished on with the memories that we've always watched in, you know, in the history of the sport itself. So, yep. Trying not to get at least, you know, emotional with some of the things, but that's what I've got so far. But again, happy birthday, Kobe, happy birthday, Kobe Bryant. Love you and miss you. And can't wait to see you again soon. Um, all right. So, like I said, what are you guys waiting for when we talk about having merchandises from t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and we also got accessories like from cell phone cases, maybe even some water bottles with your favorite network's logo or even your favorite show's logo. But you can find all that here at the thespotlightsportsnetwork.com on the merchandise section powered by Spreadshirt. They have so much to go around, and there's also a lot of killer deals that you guys can pick up get discounted and rep your favorite network and favorite show here um, on the spotlight sports network.com merchandise section powered by spreadshirt.
DJ77, your place for all things Raiders and all things Trailblazers. Brought to you by the Spotlight Sports Network. Make sure you like, subscribe, and hit the bell for notifications. Now let's go. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first and foremost, I really do want to uh, say thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight. It was definitely a fun-filled Monday night, and we had so much to go around. Like I said, uh, first ever wrestling uh, event I've ever been to in my life, and SummerSlam 2021 was very memorable uh, for all of us on Spotlight Sports Network, and of course for myself, and even for Gang Green David as well. And um, like I said, a lot of fun. Didn't miss a beat. Um, and I wouldn't mind going to another one again. You know, like that, like that's the fun thing about some of these wrestling events that I start to kind of catch on to. So, um, you know what I'm going to be excited about, you know, and at least when the season starts up, I'm going to be exciting, excited to, um, <clears throat> to bring back one of my favorite segments up on my show. And that is my prime predictions. You guys know how much that I love doing prime predictions. And in the last couple of years, um, they have been either hitting or missing, but majority of the time we've actually been hitting a lot of bets. So get yourselves geared up for week one when the season starts right up, because that's where prime predictions is going to be a lot of fun. I will have all of those bet lines uh, from our good partners at Thrive Fantasy, and we'll have a lot of fun with it. You know, I, I think this will be bigger and better than ever because I, I, I like I, I've got a lot looking at with, you know, the new season and all the new players in different places. So I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I think it's going to be exciting. So you guys do not want to end up missing that soon here on the show. We're going to be bringing that back. I can't wait uh, to officially start that back up. So, you know, I, I started to think about this with hockey. And they made an announcement that they will be doing what the NBA did. If there's one thing that the NBA did right with themselves and what Adam Silver initiated was putting endorsements on the unis. And Gary Bettman and the NHL are on the same boat. Remember, hockey is not that big of an organization that makes a whole lot of money. It's They're not. It's unfortunate. But at the same respect, this is also a game. It's fast-paced. It's physical. But there are a lot of superstars that are there. But it's been mostly a team effort type of sport. And the league has already had a couple of lockouts in their past histories. They could not afford to do another one. You know, because after all the money that has been made, it doesn't really make a whole lot. It's not like baseball, because baseball doesn't have a salary cap. This one does. But they don't have the money cushion like the NFL or the NBA, and let alone baseball. I say this all the time. Could you imagine if hockey players had the financial contracts as football and baseball and NBA players? I mean, they would be running for the hills. They would be waiting to sign themselves up a contract. And in fact, if there was no salary cap in hockey, who would have been the most paid player? Connor McDavid, Patrick Kane, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, the names would have gone on. But the league is the way that the league is. It's a salary cap league. They don't really get paid a whole lot. And so a lot of the times, and this is what I've also kind of carried on about this, about this league, is that any position player you have, you want to pay them to the best extent because of based upon performances, but also can be impacts in the franchise. Because sometimes, and I've seen this all the time, goaltenders get paid too much, forwards get paid too much, defensemen get paid too much, but that's where you really have to thoroughly evaluate everything in front of you. But in this case scenario with the NHL 
opened up to the idea and the possibility of endorsements going on jerseys. They've you have to think about how much money revenue they lost since the shutdown. And this is one that I think the NHL because they initiated this with their helmets, now it'll be complete with the jerseys and they needed to make the money back somehow some way. They weren't going to go through a financial lockdown again because they've been through this for the last, you know, it, it, they've been through this now. I believe this would be the third time. It would be the third time if they had initiated it. I don't think the National Hockey League and Gary Bettman would afford it. Not one bit. So this idea with the with the endorsements being in like being put on on jerseys, I think this is a great thing. If it's worked for anybody, it's worked for the NBA. All the endorsements going back into the organizations and even going out to charities and funds. And then at the same time, I mean, you're also getting a lot of these top talented players. That's why you look at a lot of different areas and a lot of different places with how much that they've earned in revenues from endorsements themselves. I feel like hockey could really be on the same boat. This could help them earn double than what they were making. But it's all about getting the sales of the endorsements. It's pushing that. It's pushing that idea. Hockey, not the most valuable sport when it comes to financials, but it still is a fun sport one way or the other. Fast-paced. You got to keep up with the puck. Physical. You got to learn to take a hit. Or you got to learn how to hit. And then teamwork situations. That's what the, the, the league has always been shaped as. So I think this endorsement idea, I think this is a great idea. Because at least if you're trying to do any and all that you can to earn back the money you lost from COVID, I mean, you have to think about last year you were in a bubble from Edmonton and Toronto. And you had to ask yourselves, how were you going to end up making the money revenue? Because there were no fans. You still had staff people when it came to restaurants, when it came to hotels. You get you had a lot of people there around. And in the end, they just kept on playing without fans. But it did cause them to lose at least a little bit of their money revenue. What's going on, Coaches Dante? What's going on? So I don't see this as a bad idea for the NHL, putting endorsements on their jerseys. If it worked for one league, it worked for the NBA. Because think about the television ratings. And they just signed a seven-year contract with Turner Sports with ESPN. I don't know how that is going to really work itself out. But hockey right now is doing any way and all that they can they're not competing with these other leagues. They're basically wanting to be better than where they were before. So I think having this endorsement opportunity opens up a lot of different avenues. Like not only just for hockey, but for some. And here's what's funny. Baseball has no salary cap. NFL does, but players get made more money than anybody anticipated. But sometimes that's reasonable. But in the end, if NHL could have the money, the money wor money's worth to keeping their players and to at the same time sustain themselves, I mean, that would be an absolute game changer. But only time will tell and we'll see where it goes from there. Alrighty, folks, thank you so much for joining me here on the Spotlight Sports Network and on the Snake Sports Talk Show. I appreciate you guys on a Monday night. Have a great night. I hope you guys stay safe and stay healthy. And we will see you guys Wednesday night around the same time, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30, Pacific, uh, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Have a great night. Be safe, be healthy, and we will see you guys Wednesday. Take care.